How are you guys doing tonight? Okay. When it came time to go to bed, little Connor could barely contain his excitement. His mom told him, just like every year, he knows when you're sleeping. Santa won't come until you fall asleep. See, it was Christmas Eve, and Connor was waiting for the, his favorite day of the year, which was right around the corner. As he laid in his bed, he remembered uh, going to the mall to see Santa, waiting in line, and just, you know, you could see him while you're, you had a couple people in front of you, and just, he, he couldn't wait. He finally gets to the front, gets to sit on Santa's lap, and tells him, Santa, for Christmas this year, I've, been, I've tried so hard to be good, and I know this is kind of a big ask. Don't know if you can handle it. It's kind of close to Christmas, but um, I'm just going to go out and say it. I want the best Lego set ever. I want the Millennium Falcon with over a thousand pieces. I know, it's, I, know it's a big, I know it's a big deal. I know it's a big ask, but, but that's on my Christmas list. And, and ooh, he, uh, as, he's, as he's laying in his bed, he remembers decorating Christmas cookies with his mom. And his mom every year always made sugar cookies in the shape of snowmen because Connor knew that that's what Santa's favorite cookie was. And so he would spread the, the frosting nice and even over the cookie, make sure there's no uh, bald spots, and then he uh, decorated with sprinkles, lots and lots of sprinkles. And all these memories are swirling around in Connor's head as he's laying in bed, and finally he drifts off to sleep. And night becomes morning, and as Connor wakes up, his eyes open, the excitement is like electricity in his bones. See, normally his parents would have to come in to his room every morning and open up the blinds and shake him awake uh, because he, he never wanted to get up, but not today. Today, Connor shoots up out of his bed and almost bangs down his parents' door. Santa's been here, he says. Santa's been here. And groggy mom and dad open the door Mom looks over at the clock and it says 5.26 a.m. They look at each other and they realize that there's no chance either of them are getting any more sleep today. So dad goes down and puts on a pot of coffee and while they're waiting, Charlie entertains mom with stories, imagination stories of how in the world Santa gets around the entire planet in one night. But finally the moment comes, the moment everything has been building up to. It's time to open up the gifts under the tree. And Connor is losing it. He's so excited. And the, the family has a tradition where they, uh, they'll open up gifts in a circle one at a time. And mom thought it was a great tradition because it helped the family get closer together. But mostly, if she was being honest, it was just to help that experience last longer. And Connor's got nothing He's got nothing to do with that this year. And he, and he looks at his parents with the puppy dog eyes that he always did, and he begs them, Mom, please, Dad, please, can I open my presents? Can I open my presents? And they look at each other. They see the look on his face. They can't disappoint him. They say, go for it. And he goes for it. The next three minutes is a flurry of wrapping paper flying past their faces and shrieks of joy as Connor sees what Santa left for him. And he has a hunch about one box because he shook it and it had a little bit of a rattle. So he set that one aside and then at, finally at the end he opens up his last gift and there it is. The 1,000 piece 
Millennium Falcon Lego set, and the shrieks of joy turned to tears of joy. Connor can't believe that Santa pulled it off. And he's sitting there on the living room floor, and something unexpected happens. Connor realizes that at that moment, the experience was over. Connor realized that with the last piece of wrapping paper that flew behind him, Christmas wasn't coming again for another year. And he could put together his Lego set and it would be fun and amazing, but that just prolonged the inevitable. And he had to make a decision. I bet nobody would believe them. I don't think they even believed it themselves. The, the, the night was just like any other night. They'd done this a million times before. The, the moon was you know, almost full and the, there was a, it was clear skies. The, the air was cool and refreshing. And the sheep had just laid down for the night. And the shepherds were gathered together, some of them sharing some conversation. Some of them were just content to sit quietly while uh, they watched their sheep, but they were always vigilant because they knew that the wolves in that area liked to hunt at night. And then it happens. Out of nowhere, a flash of lightning lights up the sky, a light that was blinding. It seemed to pierce right through them. They didn't even have shadows. The light was so bright. And then right all of a sudden, right before them, stood a huge figure. And they were terrified. I mean, they'd heard stories of angels before. But this was something else entirely. And as they thought their lives were going to be taken from them, they heard the voice, this thundering voice from this being say, don't be afraid. I've got good news that will be for all nations. The shepherds come to their senses and they're like, what's this about? And the angel tells them, in the town of David, a savior has been born. He's the Christ. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And as if this whole experience wasn't exciting enough for them, at that moment, the sky tore open. And if, there couldn't have been any more light, but the light exploded. It was like the, the middle of the day. The shepherds knew the sunrise wasn't for another four hours, but it seemed like the middle of the day. And a, and a, a host of heavenly beings descends out of the sky. A holy choir that sings the praises of this prophesied Messiah. I mean, these beings had the voices of angels. The shepherds' minds were blown away at how beautiful the chorus was. And as the last note sounded in the song, and as quickly as they arrived, they were gone. The sky closed up, the darkness and the quietness of the night had returned. The disciples, the shepherds are looking around at each other. They're looking at their sheep. Their sheep haven't even moved. And they're faced with a decision. 
Lydia might as well as been uh, completely unaware of everything that was going on around her, all the commotion. She was replaying the events of the last week in her head, and her headphones were playing the soundtrack to what seemed like the best movie ever. And not even the potholes on the bus could have shooken her out of it. She had thought that she had just experienced the best week of her life. Lydia was on the bus ride home from summer camp. And as she's riding back, she, she thinks to years past that she's been. She's gone before, but this year was something different. It felt like a total escape. See, her parents back home had, had been fighting a lot more. And the fighting was getting worse. And when she was at camp at night, instead of being kept up awake by her parents hurling insults at each other, she stayed up late talking with her cabin mates and her friends about, about how great the week has been and uh, about life and about cute boys. Lots and lots of cute boys. Lydia remembered every single chapel time at camp and how the chapel speaker seemed to somehow speak directly into her heart every time. And she remembered the worship and how it just transported her to a different place. She had really, really experienced God in a completely new way while she was at camp. Her anxiety that used to strangle her when she was at home it seemed to melt away as the bus pulled up to the parking lot the first day of camp. She even found a confidence and courage inside herself that she didn't even know existed. She went on the high ropes course. And she went tubing behind a speedboat. And as Lydia sat on the bus, the, wind, the, the memory of the wind in her hair and the spray of the lake as she was riding the tube was more than enough to bring a smile to her face. She then turned her thoughts to the girls that she had gotten to know on a whole new level. The, the speaker that week was teaching them all about the transforming power of the love of Jesus. And during cabin times, Lydia and the girls got to unpack what this really meant. And she realized that she's not the only person whose life is messed up. She learned that the girls that she shared bunks with were struggling with depression and wrestling with body image and expectations and really working through fear. And she saw those same girls find joy and freedom in Jesus. The highlight of her week, though, by far the highlight of her week, was being able to get baptized with two of her cabin mates at camp. She remembers the joy of coming up out of the water and feeling brand new. Yeah, camp was awesome. Lydia looked around again on the bus and saw a lot of people catching up on some much needed sleep as they went home. And, but most of the most of the students were just laughing and talking about all the great things that happened at camp. And then it hit her. She was leaving. She was going back to the mess of her life. 
She was leaving the mountaintop where her problems didn't exist, and she was going to be back at church in a couple hours where her dad was going to be there to pick her up. What am I going to do, she said. She was now intimately aware that her experience was over. We all have come across this moment in our lives. Maybe it was on Christmas morning. Maybe it was at camp. Maybe it was in the field in the middle of the night with some shepherds. Probably not, though. Um, But we've all come across this moment, this realization that the experience that we just had is over. And all of us in that moment have to make a decision about what we're going to do next. You could have just as easily had a ton of fun at camp, experienced all the things, gone on all the adventures, but didn't let that experience transform your life. And the shepherds could have just as easily gone back to their business, watching their sheep. It would have taken a bunch of work to get them all up again and move them back towards the city of David. And the angel didn't even command them to go anywhere or do anything, just gave them the news. But they made a decision. They chose to pursue and seek out Jesus. You know, Pastor Brian, uh, one of the pastors at this church once told me something really profound I wanna share with you guys. He said to me once, sometimes living with God, walking with God is an amazing experience and you feel like you're in a different place, you're walking on air, it's incredible. And sometimes God takes away the experience to make sure that we are worshiping him truly and not just the experience. And I know some of you might feel like that. You might, feel, you might be in that place where the experience is gone and you might be wondering what next. tell you that Jesus, Jesus was a surprising gift to the entire world, as the angel said. This gift, this Christmas morning gift that we sat in Santa's lap and said, I need this. Because my life is screwed up and broken. Was sitting there right under the tree. And we have to make a choice. And it's not just one choice. But I would challenge you guys, like, like the shepherds, to choose to pursue Jesus and to continue to make that choice every day of your lives. I can promise you that walking with Jesus, having your story with Jesus, is a lot of things. There's a lot of adjectives you could use. Fun, challenging, adventurous, and messy. I want to tell you one thing that walking with Jesus is not, is boring. And I promise you, if you choose every day to seek after Jesus, no matter what the cost is, no matter where it takes you, I promise you, your life will not be boring. I, I want to know, Brian says this, so if you're offended, 
It's not me, it's Brian. Um, he, said, he said, Jesus is not boring. If you're a Christian and you are boring or you think Jesus is boring, you're wrong. It's not Jesus, it's you. You're boring. So if you, if you are a Christian and you're like, the gospel is old, it's like, I'm ready for the next thing, like what's after the gospel? You're boring. There's, there's more than enough Jesus to last us our whole lives. And so we're going to break up into small groups, and I want you guys to talk about what it means to make a decision daily to make Jesus a part of your lives. And I want to hear the stories of how he'll surprise you. So that gift keeps on giving. I'm going to pray for us, and we'll break up. Dear God, thank you for this time. Thank you for the story of Jesus and how we get to take part in it. And I pray for every student here that they would make a decision to make you part of their lives and that they would continue to make and remake that decision day after day. And I pray that you would blow their minds with incredible experiences but in your timing to take away those experiences to make sure that they're walking with you. They're not just after it for the thrill, but they're after it for a fulfilling relationship full of joy and love. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Go ahead and go to...